Welcome to Series 4 of the Highland Good Food Podcast. My name is Fago King and I'm going to start the series with an episode about woofing. This acronym stands for Worldwide Opportunities on Organic Farms. The charity was started in the 1970s and focuses mainly on volunteers learning about growing organic food. So I'm here on a beautiful spring day and I'm meeting up with Clive and Julie who have a a very beautiful permaculture large garden and woodland and they are also woof hosts. So I'm here really just to have a a brief chat about your woofing experiences. I know that in the past you have been woofers but that your main focus now is inviting people to come and volunteer here with you. So I'm interested to know how how you are finding it being hosts now and having woofers come to you. I think we've uh, we really enjoyed the process of woofing ourselves Um, and I think from that we took that it's really nice to create an environment for woofers where there's quite a variety of different tasks and to work alongside and in conjunction with one another so that it's a two-way street so you you learn things from them and they learn things from you and 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 it, it works nicely that way so we, we try to keep things varied and we try to um, think about what will be useful and beneficial for for that other person and so that they're not doing it's the same boring mundane task day in day out day in day out wishing they never see the sight of another potato again or <laughs> having spent two days paying well, t- potatoes <laughs> we tend to say to people that, that you know everything they do when they're here is what the same as what we do so it's mm-hmm. kind of like a taste of you know a taste of this lifestyle really so it's not like uh, we see the woofers as you know labor that are going to do something that we're not interested in doing or rather not do but mm-hmm. um but i suppose yeah going back to the to the point of the question is more how do we how are we finding it i mean it's been obviously a weird few years we haven't had many volunteers um and we sort of tentatively started having uh, a bit more of like day volunteers and things coming over the end of uh, last year and and um that worked really well for us and that was quite a good way for us to get back in the headspace mm-hmm. of um, having people here and sharing here because it's it, it's a sort of very rewarding exchange but it's also actually it, you put energy into it as mm-hmm. well it's not just a um, you know you, you'll talk you know because we like to talk to people about what we're doing and that mm-hmm. actually can be it can get a bit intense sometimes you know because <laughs> especially if yeah. it, they're asking questions all the time and you spend all your um, the way we have it set up is that volunteers live in the house so it's it's more like house sharing yeah. As you know, it's similar to your place. We don't have like separate accommodation for the woofers and things, mm-hmm. so you're kind of all together at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting that there are so many ways this can be done. It it's a very individual process that mm-hmm. you talk with potential volunteers and then they come and then you work out. It's got to work for everybody, and it it can it's different every time. Is what I get the feeling. Mm-hmm. That's been our experience. Yeah. yeah, and I think people have different strengths and weaknesses and, and you seem sort of like 
pick that up and actually it can be really rewarding just doing you know sometimes just like a simple construction job with some pallets or something to, we built a, a, a planter for putting potatoes in one year with um, a French woofer and she was so pleased mm. that she'd used a saw and she'd used power tools and she'd done this and she was so excited to tell her mum mm. and that was really nice and we've still got it now and we still <laughs> use it now so it's it's just you know she didn't think she could do it so mm -hmm. it's finding what you know people's people's abilities and bringing them out but we've got our first um woofers lined up for for this that coming in next month actually mm -hmm. um so we've tended to try and go for couples more um we just found i suppose with sort of house sharing dynamic it maybe works a bit better for us just to have two people here and then they and kind of look after themselves a little bit as well and they've got their own company as well as just being um on their own and you know perhaps they need a bit more attention as well but i know that's not always the case because some people <laughs> like their privacy as well but we've just yeah. it's just sort of worked a bit more with that sort of couples yeah. dynamic hasn't it yeah and again um some people might be happier working in the vegetable garden and, and doing more sort of chores to do with the actual food side and other people might get bored with that after a while but then there's plenty of other jobs that we can we can fit in um and that there's always something that needs doing so you know i think one year the woofer was in the garden harvesting um egyptian walking onions which i'd gone a bit crazy on and they were coming up everywhere um i was processing them in the kitchen and then i think clive and and, and the other french woofer were probably doing something really unpleasant um, with construction and getting very hot and frustrated in the woods but I think it was worked quite well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah well that was when we finished our cabins and we had a lot of those uh, stuff yes. to finish off on those and yeah. probably digging a trench down to the cabin yeah. or something like that. So it is really very varied is mm. what you're saying is that um, even in a small place you can find a lot of uh, things to suit the interests of of woofers I know yeah. yeah that that feels like a good way to go about it yeah. um, is there anything else well we used to we used to, to sort of touching on that we used to have woofers um, much earlier in the season and obviously the weather can be a bit more unpredictable and you get to the point where if you if you've got snow for a week you mm. do start start to run out of things to do and then it does become a bit more challenging and so that's why we, we have woofers for a much shorter period these days so that we can be guaranteed that there'll be some days where it's just appalling and you want to do inside chores. Um, maybe that's preserving fruit and vegetables or, you know, something. Um, and most of the time outside. But yeah, if, if you lose weeks at a time to bad weather, mm. then that's a bit difficult. Um, so, yeah. Well, also it's sort of fight because we're, even though we've been here for, you know, six or seven years now, um, we're still kind of working out the cycles because you know things keep changing. It's not nothing's ever the same, and because we've introduced different things like the cabin rental, so that changes a bit our sort of seasonal cycle, doesn't it? And as the garden's becoming more established, the forest garden, you know, we put a lot of energy into that first of all, but that's less work now. So for this year, especially, our focus is turning to the 
kitchen garden to make that more productive. Mm. Um, yeah, we're constructing a polytunnel at long last this oh, year. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be lots of work. <laughs> but it's also nice if you've got a woofer who's happy to do some watering every evening. Exactly. At the end of the day, you think, yeah. oh, I just want to put my feet up. And <laughs> yeah. Oh, do you mind watering the polytunnel for us? Yes. And they're much younger yeah. and, and fine. <laughs> <laughs> they've got yeah. bored of it. Yeah. I, I guess that's another thing I've noticed. Um, don't know if you feel the same way about it, but that there's, there is an appetite for not just young people, but for lots of different ages mm. to come and step outside of their comfort zone and try something a bit different. Um, so is that something that you're finding as well? Does that yeah. I think, yeah, I think some of the woofers we've had have already heard of permaculture and some of them have been more experienced than us. And, you know, some people have got lots of gardening experience, whereas other woofers you know, they've taken holiday from work and they work in an office in a city and they don't really know anything, but they mm. want to get to the land and, and uh, find out what they enjoy about the land. Mm -hmm. um, and so they, they, they might not have the same level of skills, but they'll have that level of enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. And actually seeing someone discover something that they can take away and they're like, wow, hmm. I might think about changing my job or I might do this. Yeah. It's really exciting. Yeah, that that's something I'd say we've noticed. Yeah. Is that people really can pick up on a, a life changing moment. Um sometimes they were looking for it, other times it just comes upon them mm. as they're travelling and exploring. Well that yeah. was how mm. we um it, on the other end of the shoe or whatever the <laughs> the phrase is, but yeah, when we went off to be woofers ourselves, that was, we knew we had a sort of idea of a different lifestyle, mm. but we, it's a good way of going and actually testing it out for real, rather than just dreaming about it or reading books yeah. and not really knowing the reality of it, mm. and, you know, um, it did actually change our, well, yeah. not, it didn't put us off things as such, but it get, it, it kind of moulded and refined mm -hmm. our quite fuzzy, broad vision into mm. something more... Um, specific about what we wanted, you know. And mm -hmm. that, that focus yeah. it was, was really key because I think prior to woofing, we were quite keen on having more animals. We've just got a few hens at the moment. Um, but getting up at 5am to do a 6am milking of a herd of goats and then having to repeat the process at the other end of the day. Which was lovely. It's tiring. <laughs> it was okay for a few weeks, yeah. but week in, week out... We realised it was something that we would struggle to keep up, so no goats. <laughs> and lots of things like that, we we decided we didn't want to do commercial growing um, mm -hmm. on a big scale with, you know, a farm of polytunnels and things like that, and yeah. um, for lots of reasons, but um, so we, that's why we focused more on being uh, just a small scale um, kind of homestead that mm -hmm. would, you know, produce um, food for us and, and people that are staying here, but... Um, and then with the ecotourism side of it as well, and being a demonstration centre of permaculture. But Fantastic, yeah, it's a, it's a good mix. So I think there's a lot of threads that run through many wolf hosts mm. that, whether they're a big farm or a smaller town place mm. or miles from anywhere, that that there's this idea of sharing and then potential learning, but also... As you say, you, you've realised from your own travels and experiences 
that there's a lot of potential and we, something that we could perhaps recommend to young people. I know Woof now takes 16-year-olds. Mm. Um, obviously, each host then decides what, what, if that's going to work for them or not. And yeah, we haven't had any people that young. Um, I think for us, because we don't have children ourselves, mm-hmm. um, we, we're probably a bit like, oh, we'd maybe prefer people a bit older because mm-hmm. um, we might not have necessarily the right skills to deal with a 16 or 17 year old <laughs> it's um, a, yeah it's a different experience yeah. but but it's exciting that people can you know perhaps even just have an inkling that this oh, might yeah. be of interest and then try it that feels yeah, like yeah. woofing is good for just trying out different things yeah. in woof, a woof. safe way yeah well i think woofing is perfect for that because it does give you that option to try loads of different things without the, the kind of you know without having to invest in it to give up your job to do this mm-hmm. you could just take three weeks out and see how you find something mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. if you really liked it you could maybe do a slightly different with the next time or if you hated it again that's telling you something maybe mm-hmm. you wasn't what you thought so maybe you should be doing something else but it but it all helps you decide what it is that you do mm-hmm. want and so that you make those those decisions in life and you grow as a person so you know even if it's not necessarily a positive experience um we've had very few negative experiences i must admit um they're still learning experiences mm-hmm. so still mm-hmm. for the good yeah so have you got any kind of not a final word but anything else you'd like to add before because it's what we've talked about has been interesting and and mm. helpful to share um, but if you yeah. don't have anything to add that's also fine <laughs> well I suppose um, it's a bit like the you know the um, talk about the good kind of good food partnership and um, and the resilience idea is is that you know that's the more uh, people come and see like different ways of living and stuff and that we you know can be more uh, nature friendly and still have a, mm-hmm. a good way of life and, and eat nice food and everything that's just picked out in the garden. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's quite inspiring to lots of people, isn't it? And yeah. and again, like I say, it, it doesn't mean that it, it's not like saying, oh, everyone has to leave the city and go and live on a couple of acres in the highlands. It means you can grow a forest garden in, in you know in the tiny little example patch we've got there, mm-hmm. or you yeah. can grow a, a box with some salad in it just in a vegetable box from but mm. it's given people a bit of that confidence as well, like, oh, I can just chuck some salad seeds in there. And yeah. There's lots of different things in, and I suppose that's it, we've got quite a lot of different projects and different things. You know, in our permaculture design, we talk about a mosaic of habitats and polycultures, and I suppose that's what's rich about it is, it's, you know, it's not monocultural mm-hmm. either in its growing or in mm-hmm. what the kind of work is, you know, it's a, yeah. it's a diverse experience isn't it yeah and i think the woofing or the experiences that we've had and i hope people that have woofed with us have picked on similar things you learn a lot more about um community and how to i mean you know that not to be necessarily self-sufficient but resilient as a whole community and those interactions some of the experiences we had in norway taught us that that was really important they had a thing i'll probably pronounce it wrong but it was the (laughs) dugnad Mm. And it was basically if you had a project that was too small, uh, excuse me, too big for you to manage for yourself, 
you put out that sent the text message mm-hmm. and everyone would would uh, turn up and they'd bring their woofers yeah. and you'd com- complete big projects as a whole as a community yeah. and then eat a meal together afterwards and that was lovely that was really nice and mm-hmm. um, i think that's happened in in different ways in different places all the time we've been woofing and i think it made us realize that um, sometimes you have to embrace these different ways of, of living and thinking and coming out of a particular mindset. Um, ten years ago, when we first went woofing ourselves, if someone said that I would become a woof host and I would have people living in my home, I'd be thinking, oh, I'm not sure about that, I don't think <laughs> I like that, or I'm not sure about this sharing malarkey. Um, but then you realise actually the benefits that, that come to everyone from that. Yeah, I'm glad you picked up on the word community because for me... Um, the woofing, whatever type of host it is or person who comes to stay, there is a very much a feeling of a very large community mm. that, uh, yeah, has links all over the world mm. and good strong links with other hosts nearby. Yeah, yeah I so. mean, if, if we can, when someone is here, we do try to introduce them to different groups that we might be involved in and, and, and try to sort of show those... those um, facets to it. I think what we found when we were woofing ourselves, I think one of our favourite woofs was at a healing garden in Denmark and of an evening that you might be cooking dinner for about 17 people because (laughs) all the other woofers on the island were invited to come to where we were staying and share their experiences of the day and it was just so lovely mm. so we only although we're not doing that no, we're not... <laughs> no. but practical terms the island is very spread, spread out, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was a small island um but mm. you know we we only worked till kind of lunchtime on that one but with the proviso that you'd then spend the afternoon cooking a lovely yeah. big meal to share fantastic and it was lovely well, yeah. and also you get um because you've you know you've got people from all over the world as well so you get mm loads of different foods and things you've yes. not tried and you yeah. know we always um, encourage woofers to cook you know whatever specialities or yeah. whatever share their favourite meal yeah, yeah. Or, yeah so that's really nice as well yeah. so it know. is all food based but there's so much more to it than just learning about growing food oh yeah really. I mean mm. from, well I suppose that's it for we came to be thinking about food I suppose from liking eating it <laughs> rather than being uh, as we all do horticult- yeah. I suppose it was you know we weren't necessarily interested in um, horticulture and, mm-hmm. and being gardeners it was more that we liked nice things on our plate and we, we've both been vegetarian since our teens and so sort of thinking about where food mm-hmm. comes from and how it's produced has always been kind of there and that was what drove, drove us a bit really to be like okay we don't want to be as much as it's yeah, in lots of cases that's what you do is you're a kind of consumer of mm-hmm. stuff we were choosing what we were trying to get good food but then we were like actually we want to be more producing it for ourselves mm-hmm. rather than just choosing you know what places we buy it from we want to go and pick it out of the garden and yeah. that's what which is a delightful thing to do yeah, <laughs> yeah. and produce it and, and there's you know it's like there's nothing nicer than sitting especially in the winter when you sit there and you've got your own sort of canned fruit from the summer you know and you've captured all that lovely flavours from the summer yeah I think I probably have a bit of a problem I'm, I'm a bit obsessed with preserving fruit we're still <laughs> eating our way through the, the rhubarb that I preserved last year and the, the fresh rhubarb is starting to come through oh, eat I more rhubarb eat it faster <laughs> we're, we're, we're stocked for the apocalypse aren't we so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah that's the I think oh, that's, that's it. The, the, I suppose that's it, the circular thing of mm-hmm. how, 
it, like you say, it's not just learning how to plant a seed, or which in itself is a valuable thing, but it's sort of learning what to do with it when you've grown it and how yeah. how to eat it and the, the pleasure of eating it and uh, eating it as food shared with people and stuff like that. So yeah. I think that's an important thing, isn't it? Okay, so I'm here on the Black Isle now and I'm visiting Alex, who's head gardener at Allen Grange, which is um, a medium-sized market garden, comes sort of alongside the Black Isle Brewery, which has been amazing, uh, creating amazing organic beers for a long time, and has also actually been a wolf host for a long time, although longer than you've been here, Alex. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I've been here like three years, um, but the family have been hosting woofers, I think, for 25 years now. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it must be almost a record, yeah. Yeah, and so things must have changed over that time, um, even since you've been here, I guess. That, But I was yeah. particularly interested in talking with a, a business, I suppose, yeah. because I've met with other folk who just have somebody to come and stay in their home and it's yeah. all very low-key. Yeah. Uh, how do you find woofing at the moment is working alongside running a business? Um, I mean, it's probably pretty similar to how it's been here for quite a while in that uh, the woofers are part of the team here. Mm -hmm. You know, that um, we host up to about five people at a go. At the moment, we've got three, um, a couple from down south of England and a girl from Germany. And, yeah, it, it, we run a garden about five acres. And there's myself and my assistant, Josie, and um, yeah, then the team of woofers and then we have a volunteer day, local volunteer day every Tuesday. Um, so anyone who comes to the garden is a part of the team, like a really yeah. important part of the team. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, in a way we can't, we're set up to function in that way with that mm -hmm. structure. Mm -hmm. So everyone who's in a part of that team is essential. Mm -hmm. uh, it, you know, it, whatever ability or skill they've got, you know, we find a place for them and they help everything keep, keep going. So. Yeah, it sounds like a, a good mix of, as you say, there's yourself and Josie employed and um, and then you're kind of working alongside and sharing sharing the jobs. Yeah, um, yeah. What seems to be, I know you mentioned when, before I started recording, you mentioned that during the lockdown you had, you've changed the focus a bit to local volunteers, obviously, for many reasons. Um, yeah. What kind of impact has that made to woofing here or volunteering generally? Well, yeah, we, we did change things a little bit because people weren't travelling during lockdown. So uh, I don't think the, the woof thing closed down entirely, but they weren't recommending mm. that you come and stay. So we, beginning of lockdown, it was busy time of year. We had a full garden planted and, <laughs> and yeah, it was just me and my assistant at the time. And, um, so we opened it up to local volunteers, yeah. and which was great. We had a really good response because everyone was furloughed and <laughs> bored as hell, and they wanted to get out of the house. And <laughs> so we had loads of people. It was wonderful. Um, and but then they did go back to work, of course. You know, and um, most of them. We've, st we've still got lucky enough to have quite a few people who still come. But mm. it's now it's a really nice mixture, mm. and actually works really well because the workers can get to know 
more local people yeah. that way and connect with the community a bit and, mm -hmm. and make friends up here, you know, other than just the colleagues. So, yeah, it, that, it, it still sort of works really nicely, uh, both systems alongside each other, mm -hmm. as it is. Mm -hmm. Do you find you get people coming from many different places? Is it drawing, as you say, you've got local people coming too, but yeah. where are people coming from? Well, locally. And further and, away. Uh, locally, it's it's pretty local, like Kobaki, um yeah, Fortrose, and uh, yeah, not not that far away. Mm. Inverness, you know, not really that far away. Um, but uh, the, the Wolfers are coming from a lot from America. Oh, <laughs> America want to come, and that's that's slightly concerning to me. Um, because mm. of the carbon footprint mm -hmm. of that. And mm -hmm. so I'm really careful to... I, I do a video call with everybody that applies mm -hmm. first. And we have a chat about the reason they're coming to stay. Good and, idea. Uh, what, what I don't feel comfortable doing is inviting people over that are just coming for a holiday mm. from America. Yeah. Because that... Then suddenly the carbon footprint of our team on the garden suddenly is big as carbon yeah, footprint. And that's really whole, important for this business yeah. and for the whole, all the areas of business here. Yes, yeah. I can see that. And I feel the same way about it. Yeah. Um, I actively write that we prefer people who haven't flown, but yeah. you know, I've got a very small thing going on, so it's a bit easier perhaps to be that prescriptive. I thought about doing that, but mm. then um, <laughs> at the same time, like, we, we've had some people who say, well, we want to come over just really because we love Scotland and we want to write a book about it. And, you know, <laughs> they're really excited about coming. But just for a few weeks from America, um, and I say to them, like, you know, like I just said, the carbon footprint is a bit concerning. Can you think about, like, you know, can you let us know if you've got any ideas about sustainability? Because mm -hmm. we even had some people studying sustainability mm -hmm. tell us that they want to come over just for a few weeks. And like, what? So it's a strange yeah. disconnect there with mm. the idea of that travelling. So, so, but I kept it open. I didn't say, well, we don't want people from America. Mm -hmm. Because sure. what if we get a Greta that wants to come over by boat? You know? mm. And that way we'd be able to highlight that, mm. put it on social media, say we fully support this, love it, mm. and really like, you know, help people that want yeah. to do that. Stuff. So it's, stay, it's staying open. Whiffing for me is about staying open to people who want a lifestyle change. Um, exactly. Exactly. That feels. Do, do you think you've been getting people inquiring with that sort of outlook? Yeah, we do get a lot of people that that want to live close to the land, close to the seasons, um, uh, and close to their food. You know, you know the whole food production because mm. we do produce a fair bit of food here. We we keep about four houses self-sufficient for the whole year. Um, mm that's on the side of the business that we run here, you know, the, which is supplying the bars um, that the brewery run and a couple of local restaurants and a few veg boxes. So we, we do produce quite a lot of food here. That's fantastic. Um, yeah. so, and so it's nice for people to come and, and they do want to come and see how mm. that's done and see how you live with the mm. seasons. Because the, the food partnership that I'm doing this podcast for, that's the kind of angle that they're really interested in mm. is how can a small business, relatively small business really, work and make things like that happen so that there is availability of local foods because it's all very well saying you want that, but then you've got to be able to find it. And 
uh, get close to it. So it, yeah. you know, like, it's interesting to hear that, that that can work very much. Yeah, it does work. It does work. And really, you know, the volunteers are a really crucial part of that. And the way I see the model working is that it is, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a transient workforce but the way I, I the reason that I interview people and, and look at the reasons why they're coming is to make sure that there's a symbiotic relationship in that there are people that want to learn as well, and that's really important for us here. Is that people are coming here, they they're getting a great deal. They got a nice cottage in the middle of the farm. They get all their food they want, and and you know as much if if it's the winter months. You know, they've got money as well to be able to top up the food that we can't provide here. So they get a shopping budget and they get free beer from, from the brewery as well and they get taken to the bar um, every few weeks for pizza. Um, but, but most importantly... I'm coming. Yeah, sign up, yeah, we've still got places. But um, the, the mo- most important thing for me is that um, we teach them how to grow. So we had a couple that were here for uh, over a year last year and they got to see a whole year's worth of growing, the whole cycle, all the way around. And that, you know, teaching people regenerative ways of growing is my passion. Mm-hmm. And I just love it when people want to come here for that because there's not loads of places available without paying a load of money. You know, you, you can go down south and do a course mm-hmm. for a few grand for six months, but you can get the same thing up here. Through the by actually school. doing it, just by yeah. doing it, and yeah. um, so for me, I, I really want to hold the places open for people that have got that interest in mm-hmm. learning all mm-hmm. the way through. Um, we don't always get that. Mm-hmm. We don't always get people that are just wanting to learn. We get, we do sometimes say, well, okay, we haven't got full house yet. So if there's someone that just wants to travel. As long as they've got it in mind that we grow things in a certain way and. You know, we encourage people to, to live that way while they're here, mm. then that's all good. And that's why I have the video call first, yeah. just to, yeah. to make sure both sides' expectations are, are you know, are, are yeah. not that, That's shots. a good, good point. It's if someone was coming, which you do have people who come here and work and get paid as well. Yeah. So it's the same, it's a similar process. Um, it's still an exchange and it's got to work for both sides. Exactly. So that's really important. And if people, aren't interested in learning and they're coming here and they're working and just getting food. In the past we've had some people that get a bit disgruntled about that. If they're not here to to, to take the, the knowledge here, it can sometimes seem like, oh, it's not that good a deal. If I want <laughs> to work the same as a member of paid, a paid mm-hmm. staff mm-hmm. And, and we've just got a house and, and food, that doesn't seem fair. But if we've never had that issue when people are coming to learn and, and have that knowledge passed on, get the experience and then go on and go into this line yeah. of work. So I hope that feels like that's a really important part to keep in woof and to keep yeah. in woofing and to keep that as clear as yeah. possible, both by yourself, obviously, but also by the woof organisation. Yeah, um, and, and I feel that what we can offer here is yeah, we teach people how to grow, but it's also how to grow for a business because we are um, a successful business here and we've got a successful model. And, you know, the Woof page has changed slightly, talking about how it's 
the emphasis is on uh, is on education, but but as an active vacation is what mm. it says now. And the yeah. emphasis is going away from product productivity and 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 the work, the idea of work, mm. it's going towards education. But for us, like, you need both. You need you, because yeah, what you're teaching you people if it's just. You know, if it's not doing the work, because mm-hmm. growing veg to make a living is hard work, as yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. and, um, so, so for people to come here and not do the hard work, well, they're not learning anything mm. about they're unre- It's an unrealistic yeah. picture, yeah. Exactly. So we want some realism thrown in with the, the fun and the community yeah. level. That's right. It's a bit of everything. Yeah. Oh. Well, thanks very much for chatting to me. I think that's great what you've shared and it's good to get different perspectives as well. So. so yeah, I'm going to just chat to you, Liv, because you came and you were a woofer with us in Scotland. <laughs> it seems such a long time ago. <laughs> It's like such a long time ago, but then actually being with you for this conversation just feels, oh, it just makes my heart swell. It's just so easy to be with you again. (laughs) Great. Oh, that's really nice. I appreciate this. And uh, also because I'm a Woof host, although I get to meet lots of people who come and stay with us, I I don't always hear what, what is it like to be a Woofer, you know. So I guess I would love to know a little bit about your just your personal journey or whatever you want to share uh, about how you came to to arrive in Scotland on a stranger's garden and what was it like? <laughs> it was a bit of a wild card in some ways. Um, I mean, I actually, I first heard about woofing when I was in my early 20s, but it wasn't until I was in my early 30s that I actually decided to take the leap and become a woofer. Um, <laughs> I had started volunteering with a local host um, just down the road from me where I was living. And whilst there, that was as a whiffer actually, um, I was working in the garden with a another person who was young and they were going to go off around Scotland and all the UK whiffing. And they were from France and didn't speak much English. And I just thought oh my gosh, I wish I could do something like that. That's just so cool. And then this little voice in my head just went, you can. So I just thought, right, I'm going to save up. And um, I had just had this call of the wild. Um, I grew up in the countryside and had always loved nature, but I didn't really recognise my privilege then that I actually was able to have such amazing access to the countryside and just roam around freely. Um, and then I kind of drifted away from that and I felt like I was kind of not a part of nature, but a kind of apart from it. And I just felt like I needed to do something that helped me reconnect with that wildness. Um, so it sounds like that's, it sounds like that was your initial idea was to find some way of, of reconnecting. Reconnecting. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think on the one hand, it's really simple. Like I think a lot of people think about woofing as a way to travel, a way to experience community in different places, as a way to learn about growing and organic principles and permaculture. And all of those things were there as well. Like I was interested in a lot of that. I'd lived in Bristol for, I don't know, in my since my mid-20s. So I was very aware of it all, but I hadn't really had that kind of experience of going off by myself and 
being a part of it firsthand. Um, so yeah, part of it was was okay. I feel this call of the wild. I love what I love about Scotland is that sense of space, but also um, the right to roam really appealed to me, which is something that we don't have in England <laughs> and Wales. And I really strongly believe we should. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I kind of thought I'm going to pack up a van, head up to Scotland and see where it takes me. But along the way, I'll stop off with various whiff hosts. Um, and I reached out to you, Vago and Jeff. Um, there's just something about, well, the, the first thing that really appealed to me is you'd both talked about Satish Kumar in your bio um and his principles of soil soul society which really align with the permaculture and i just thought these people are going to be my people <laughs> oh lovely um, yeah big start. i would say for us as well that that's a big part of of woofing it of course it's about the practical things and about learning more but it's about sharing our lives with other people and our experiences. And so we learn a lot from folk like yourself coming to visit and helping out. It's very much a, yeah, a two way experience and a, one of trust as well. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think that's the part that is funny because as you know, I'm a massive introvert and that's something that I put on when I was uh, writing to you both. Um, and the, the parts I felt comfortable with were kind of the growing and the practical side, because I was like, well, you just go, you just help out, you're just offering your time and you just get tasked with things and off you go. But I was really nervous about being in community. And actually, I think that was part of the gift that I found that you and Jeff offered was that um, deep welcome that I felt. And yeah, like it's like you say, it being trust, because it's such an intimate thing to have somebody into your home. Um, and just seeing how you're living. But that was, there are so many things that I felt like I learned and took away. And it wasn't, the biggest thing wasn't just what we do in the garden and things like companion planting and us going off foraging seaweed. Um, it was just about like a way of living. And there are all kinds of just little ways that I try to take that into my daily life until I can hopefully one day go out and do something similar. So does that feel like you might become a wolf host in the future would that be something that you would consider <laughs> it's definitely something that i don't think i'd have considered before woofing mm. <laughs> the idea of like inviting strangers into your space um would have felt impossible i think if i was in a situation where i had um a bit of land however big um where I was I could actively grow then yes I would wholeheartedly be a woof host after having experienced what it's like to be a woofer and to have had such lovely hosts um I think you you stayed I believe you stayed with other people too wasn't I did you, yeah you, you dipped I dipped into different places I did that was yeah that was the plan so I'd stayed with a, a lovely couple in the Scottish borders before coming up to you and then I'd planned to go and work on um, an estate afterwards. But then um, I was offered this gardening apprenticeship, which kind of cut off my cut my trip short. Um, but I think it's that this is yeah the biggest thing is how you're both both hosts both staying with both hosts. 
were who were practicing permaculture and yet living completely differently there was such a different kind of quality and feel and both so lovely um in such different ways and i think it's kind of that maybe from the outside we have an idea of what woofing is and what permaculture is but actually it's often what we're bringing to permaculture and i suppose if i was ever a host myself I would be very different from you and Jeff or from my pre my other hosts, Helen and Paul. Um, and also that is shaped by the woofers as well, where I hope hope that <laughs> there's some some kind of magic that I brought. <laughs> yeah, as as hosts, it's also very encouraging to to host young people who are interested in living on the land, and it feels like that's always been what Woofing as a, a bigger organisation is about, is helping people find a way through what might be a difficult terrain, um, whether to work in community or maybe to, to join up with a friend and go, a lot of people come with a friend. I mean, it was great. I'm glad you had your van with you that enabled you to have a, a space, but we've always tried to keep a, a caravan our woofers have as a bedroom and I think you used the space did you I can't remember I did I ended up staying in there yeah which is which says a lot about you the home you created because normally I'm just like this is my little world I don't want to branch out but yeah it was lovely to stay in um it was lovely to stay in the caravan and kind of really get immersed in your world um the, the thing that you you just said about um navigating difficult terrain I think one of the most rewarding things about woofing aside from well, it's kind of twofold. Um, part, partly is that it is, it's an exchange without monetary value. So you're already drawing people with similar value systems. Um, but also for somebody who hasn't come from kind of quote unquote, this kind of world, I've always felt quite adrift. Like, where are my people? Where's my community? I have this philosophy and these values, but how am I going to meet people like this? And actually can feel quite alone in thinking of how you see the world and it can lead you to feeling quite pessimistic about what the world could be and I think sharing space um at, with with you both at Lower Arbor I don't know if I can say the name of it on here but yeah at Lower Arbor. um it just it, it just made it gave me hope that of the kind of world that we could create and the way that kind of different people kind of came and went and were sharing different experiences, sharing meals, the natural rhythm of the day from kind of getting up, getting out into the land and tending to it. And then all coming back together and having a little coffee and having philosophical discussions. And that I think was so enriching. And that is, um, that's probably what I've missed the most actually coming away from woofing is being a part of, um, it's like the change in the world as you want it as you hope that it could be and well, i appreciate yeah. i appreciate what you're sharing that's really helpful for other people to hear that's kind of why i wanted to focus on woofing a bit because i know um i'm i'm not always very good at putting those things into words but i feel like you've encapsulated something great there so thank you that's really helpful <laughs> Well, it, it makes me wonder because obviously you're right up in the Highlands and I remember when I was with you both that you're, you're talking about how difficult it can be sometimes to connect with your other friends who are also growers, also with hosts, because it covers a huge area. Um, and actually, it's it's so important to have these kind of conversations and to have people pass
passing through because otherwise you feel like, okay, we're in our, our own little bubble, but are we alone in this? And I think woofing reminds you, you really aren't. I mean, I still get woofing emails coming through and I'm like, oh, there's a, a Midlands permaculture day, or maybe I should go to that and just be around other people who are obsessed with seed collecting and, all of the, and like no dig, you know, and, and you care about organic. Whereas being in the world of horticulture right now, where it is um, very much, it feels much more disposable. And I know there's a big move away from chemicals and things like that, but it's still, there isn't the same mindfulness intention behind it all. So just being around other people who are excited about the same things is really important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope to show in talking to a few people that, that there is a great variety within WOOF, that people who want sort of more intensive learning experiences, that's still available. And um, yeah, it, it's a real mixture that, that, that perhaps there's something for everyone, but it is, it feels like a big community to me as well, as, as you, you say, I feel like there's a great connection, um, potentially anyway. And, and I've always enjoyed that side of, of what we're doing. Yeah. I think so, because I, I feel like, um, well, like I said, towards the start, the natural thing was, well, I, you know, I'm interested in gardening and it would be a, a good way to learn about growing and it'd be a good way to practice these principles. Um, and then actually what I found is, I mean, particularly when I was in Cambridge working with a lo local wolf host, and, you know, I found that in the garden that I was in, which was just your kind of English, typical English suburban garden, a few houses up the road, you've got somebody who shares your principles, who cares about composting, who is using every inch of their garden for wildlife and biodiversity. And that, you know, wherever you are in the world, you can find people who share the same values. Um, whereas, like you say, there are some people who just really, really want to get grounded in the practical skills of it. And that is there as well. I've known people who have gone away for kind of like a month at a time in one particular place and there it's much more industrious. Whereas I, I just loved the approach with staying with you both because it was just so holistic. And for someone who is a kind of philosophical sort, um, it was lovely to realize that woofing and permaculture in general is, is a philosophy, is a way of being. Um, and that's what I'm trying to take into my life, I think, since coming away from woofing, even though I would like to woof again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that, that's it. Always a woofer. <laughs> yeah, and you can travel the world with it as well. It's not just exactly. the UK, which is you know, obviously not necessary, but um, it's always there as an option. But then um, when there are so many places in the UK to woof, you just think, you yeah, know, yeah, how yeah. it can be. I mean, that's what I found in Scotland. It's so different from one place to the next that you could woof, you could spend your whole life just working in Scotland and, and have so many different experiences. So. Thanks to Liv for sharing her experiences as a volunteer, leading her into an apprenticeship as a gardener. Also thanks to Clive and Julie at their permaculture garden, having shown where their volunteer experiences have taken them. Thanks to Alex, head gardener at Allen Grange on the Black Isle, for sharing how a local food business can thrive with the help of both employees and volunteers. Highland Good Food Partnership are also running a series of community garden workshops over the course of the year. Their website is full of useful information and connections. 
Listen out for more podcasts. The next one in about a month, looking at how to get creative with a living on a croft. Thanks to the Highland Good Food team for their enthusiasm, advice and editing.